All right. Welcome to the special series of Real Estate Fight Club. This is a series called What Would You Do? where we talk about professional standards, committee cases, and code of ethics violations. Here with me today is Rachel Real. Hey, Rachel. Good, good morning, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm fabulous. You ready to get, get down to another article? Yeah, I'm ready to get yelled Pull at. Pull it apart. And, okay. So this one's, I'm going to say, pretty cut and dry. We'll see. So we're going to talk we'll about, see. right. We'll, we'll see. Because you always manage to find some way to make it not cut and dry. <laughs> <laughs> so Article 13 says, Realtors shall not engage in activities that constitute the unauthorized practice of law. And shall Although we take legal- a law test, but carry on. We do? Well, I guess that's the law of the state. Not you take a license. You take a licensed law exam, not a legal exam. <laughs> let's, let's put a stop to that. All right, right I'm already wrong. Take a legal exam. You're let's already stop wrong. Stop and restart. Right. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Reset. Realtor shall not engage in activities that constitute the unauthorized practice of law, and shall recommend that legal counsel be obtained when the interest of any party to the re- transaction requires it. Mm. There are no standards of practice here because, again, this is pretty black and white we'll see you're not a lawyer we're not lawyers no we should not play lawyers on tv we should not play lawyers during a transaction we also are not therapists cleaners painters uh garbage the, I, I would argue that we might have to be a therapist at some time at some points that but is the same we are not I, it's awful i know but we definitely don't want to be the painters the lawn care guy the maintenance guy the i don't you know, want to be a therapist those, all either. of the above okay. i don't want to either but sometimes we're stuck in that job um, no, just why my hair is gray. You're not stuck there. We got, we'll have a, a side conversation. All right. What happened? Right. What did this agent so, do? So we don't really have a whole lot of, uh, standard or uh, case interpretations for this article because again, it is pretty cut and dry. However, what we do have are states that are attorney states or attorney areas where attorneys are used very regularly in every transaction. And, and also we have the majority of the country where attorneys are not used. Right. So you fall into an area in Ohio and Kentucky there where there are no attorneys that are used. Right. So where I'm at in the Chicago suburbs, and it's funny, it's not all of Illinois, it's just the Chicago and the suburbs of Chicago. If I go 45 minutes west of me, they don't use attorneys. That's weird. It's really kind of bizarre. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure I really understand it. Although I imagine it has to do with monetary Likely. a monetary issue. Yes, because it's, it's everything. Mafia. Right, right. It's a real estate mafia. Um, So what we could kind of talk about today is how do you, when you go through a transaction, let's start by saying, hey, both of our contracts, no matter where your contracts are from, no matter where you practice, more than likely your contracts are written by an attorney, a board attorney, checked over by the bar association from where you practice. And that's, that's what you use when you fill out a contract for your client. What happens when you go under contract with a client and now you need an addendum? So what happens where you practice where there are no attorneys? Is it the Wild West, Jen? (laughs) This is why there's not a lot of cases for this because we're, I believe that we're equally all violating the code of ethics. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about in places where there are no attorneys. Correct. So what is your license? So, okay. So what do you guys do when you need an addendum? Is there a form that you fill out? Do you just take a loose leaf piece of paper and start scribbling down an addendum and make it an addendum? Like, how do you do it? Yes, both. So it depends on what it is. So sometimes like in in both of the states where I have my license, Mm -hmm. um, if it's a pre or post occupancy addendum, that's pre-written. 
if it's what about things like home inspection repairs yeah that's like the that. thing that i was gonna say that's, that's almost on that's on everything that's the interesting part. No, there's really not. I mean, it just says, says like in workman type manner or something like that work, whatever, but it's not, okay. we basically have to write it. I, I think there has to be a better way. How do you guys do it? Well, how I, how generally speaking, how we do it is, and, and this is where I kind of get, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some attorneys that aren't going to like what I have to say if they're watching this. Um, but as an agent, once this, we go through, stop. <laughs> you're stop. not invited. <laughs> You're not invited to this party. So this in 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 our area, when we have uh, home inspection concerns, the buyer buyer and seller do the do the contract, finalize everything. Once there's two sets of signatures and it's delivered back and final, none of us are allowed to make any changes to that. Any changes that happen to the contract are done via the attorney via letters that go back and forth. So That's the why challenge it takes for so us long to close property in your state. Well, it, I think it cities. takes longer to get through things because you have, it's like that, that too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing, mm -hmm. where when you have an agent trying to work with a seller or a buyer, an agent trying to work with a buyer who's gone through a property inspection, who says, okay, and, and, and as a buyer's agent, you're counseling those clients. We've seen 35 houses in the last two months. We've written a ton of offers, especially in this last, in this COVID market that's we're now kind of getting out of. Uh, we've seen we've seen 37 houses. We've written offers. We've been one of 40 offers on properties. We're not getting them. We're the ones with the boots on the ground. We know the market much better than our attorneys do. I'm not going to say our attorneys don't know the market. They know because they see stuff that comes through. Right. But when you start, when you, when you as an agent go, okay, let's sit down and really figure out this is what as is means. This is what that means. This is what all these things mean in your contract. Let's talk about how we're going to address this list of concerns from your home inspection you counsel your buyer and then they call the attorney and the attorney says, Hey, just ask for everything. It's fine. I have a small heart attack, but also too, counseling the buyer on what to ask for can get a little sticky because we're also not contractors. No, we are not, but we can say, Hey, you've, you've agreed to an as is contract and an as is contract where we have with, with the, the contracts that we use here and as is contracts as you are buying the property, you still have an inspection. You can do any inspection you want, but once you do that inspection, you cannot ask for any repairs and you cannot ask the seller for any credits. In, in, exactly. You cannot ask for any credits in lieu of any repairs. And we can't send the inspection report or even tell the seller what we found in the inspection report. They're saying, I don't want to know. I, I, I just want you to buy it. I want you to agree to buy it. And not, we're not doing anything else after this. But then the buyer says to their attorney, well, can I ask for this? And the attorney says, sure, you can ask for anything you want. But it after we've just counseled the buyer, but, you can, but, but then I talk to the buyer and go, are you comfortable with the seller canceling the contract? Well, no, I don't want to. Okay. Well then. But we're then talking about, let's say anything. it's not as is there's inspection, <laughs> there's an inspection. There were some concerns that the inspector and the buyer discussed about the house. And now mm -hmm. they want to make a request. We did a, a regular real estate fight club yes. episode on this and I'm all right. for cash to repair the issue rather than having somebody like the other side Absolutely. take care of it because Absolutely. it's just so am I, 110%, it's a can of worms. Because, well, the way the seller is going to repair something is going to be very different than the way the buyer is going to want it repaired. Well, in those our contracts, two, those two concepts written, are never going to jive. Our contracts are written that the, once you agree to the repair, the buyer then has to re-agree 
to the way that it was fixed. So it's like right. a total drama. It's like they're never well, going this, to agree. Well, they're never going to agree, which is why I always recommend a credit in lieu of a repair. And when you ask for a credit in lieu of a repair, then you open up the can of worms for the buyer to say, well, how much is that going to cost? Right. And then I want to get X, Y, and Z. I want to get 27 contractors in here to look at every last little thing. I don't want to talk about a, this podcast anymore. You, I'm done. <laughs> and you've got I a buyer who topic. won out in multiple offers. Do you right. think that seller is going to agree to any of those things? Probably not. But it's it's the when where we're at with the attorneys in there, it, it definitely adds to the drama. It adds to the efficiency in which we get past the attorney review period. With my preferred attorney, I write everything out. He cuts and pastes it into his legal document and sends it out the door. So he doesn't really mess with what I what I provide so to him, which you, I love. Yeah, except that you are writing it up and that, that could be misconstrued as practicing law. Not if, no, no, because I'm sending that to the attorney. But if you, attorney so we just don't his, send it to the attorney. We just write it up. You just write it up, right, right. So that's, yeah. So I, I could definitely be, be happier in an inst- in an instance where we didn't use attorneys. Um, but I could see where. Well, that doesn't sound like then, there's a value add there. Yeah. We don't do title work as agents here because we have attorneys. So the attorneys are agents of the title company. So they take on that role. But now in, in your area, then if you guys do all of your own addendums, then where we have to go through the attorney for that, at what point or what instance would you bring an attorney into a transaction? We really don't. So you draft post-closing and pre-possession agreements yourselves. Mm-hmm. Wow. But those are forms now, but, uh, but are they, honestly, are they, no, are they forms provided by your, by your board that you can the pull board. up the form and you fill it out? Okay. Yeah. So that would be, you're filling in blanks. So you're not actually practicing law. Right. You're taking a form where you fill in Except the blanks and you fill as it in. somebody that knows those forms were not drawn up. The ones that I've read are not necessarily, they don't cover everything and they're not really drawn up by somebody that knows. It's very frustrating because there's some like errors in there that as just a landlord, I know, you know, as dealing with tenants sure. and things like that. Um, right, right. Let's take a break. So who drafts those forms? Let's talk about who drafts those after your break. Okay. Um, Okay. This is so exhausting. So (laughs) I'm just kidding. We have one for like mattresses. We could talk about mattresses and needing a nap. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Let us, let me tell you about a couple of our favorite partners. We have so many. So um, right now, one of the, the things that we need the most are we need clarity and we need leads. So if you are looking, you're doing your business plan, you are looking to get clear about the best next steps in order to build your business, check in with my coach, Coach John Kitchens. Go to coachcodeclarity.com and this will help with the clarity that you will need in order to take your business to the next level. So that's Coach code clarity.com. That's some alliteration right there, Rachel. That is. Just like Rachel Real Real Estate. It is right. Um, the other one I want to talk to you about is leads. And so we get a lot of our leads from pipeline pro tools. So what you do is you go to pipelineprotools.com slash fight club. They will give you the playbook that I'm using to get leads, um, get buyer and seller leads. They'll do a, de- a free demo for you. Give you the free playbook. If you do want to use their tool, you can, 
um, which we like using it. It's a posting tool. So go to pipelineprotools.com slash fight club and sign up for a free demo. All right. So in the addendums, the inspection addendums are not pre-written. There's one sentence that's pre-written in my states. Um, so who who drafts these forms that you fill in? Are they is it the attorney, like the broker assume, lawyer committee? I assume broker lawyer somebody, committee of your board, yeah. right, right? But that doesn't. I mean, so the pre and post occupancy is a form, so that's not a problem. The problem is the mm-hmm. inspection addendum or any other right. addendum that's not pre where you're not filling in, right? Well, right. That's that's where you teeter on the line of the unauthorized practice of law. Well, right. So it's like I can understand how we're teetering that line and it's also like but it's not common to get an attorney involved and we do see the situation often and then if like an attorney is involved then god how much do you have do you have a transaction well true do you ever have have you had a situation in the last couple of years that you can recall where you had to bring an attorney in and what that was what that was so, so the idea that it was surrounding and what was the outcome only when um when somebody's upset like after the transaction you know like somebody wants to sue somebody and it's like well you need to call an attorney because like i'm not an attorney well, right like and, right after yeah. the transaction but not during not the not during the transaction that i can okay. maybe i've said you should reach out to an attorney like i think i have said like they were upset and I was like, okay, well, you need to reach out to an attorney to understand your rights, you know, right, on the buyer right. or the seller side. And typically what ends up happening is after they talk to the attorney, they're like, okay, we'll work it out. Because here's the thing that I know about like having an attorney involved. Every time that I've had to get an attorney involved, you always, you end up paying more for the solution that you already had. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. I'm not going to disagree. So it's irritating. <laughs> You know, especially when you're going through, you know, through a scenario where it's for for home inspection items where it's the same thing over and over and over again. I wish we did have an attorney or a form that we could just take that and anything beyond that. If you need a post-closing agreement, fine, take care of that with an attorney. If you need a a pre-closing possession agreement, take care of that with an attorney. Things that revolve around home inspection items. I I feel like it's just getting a lot of, it's a lot of unnecessary back and forth. I know what's a lot. It's it's a lot of back and forth. Well, if the buyer doesn't is not a contractor, we as real estate agents are not contractors. The inspector is also not a contractor. The listing agent and the sellers are not contractors. So our solution now is get all these fucking people in your house to tell you how much this stuff is going to cost. And it's like, dang, it's a prolongs it. It's a pain in the ass. Like it is, it is. And I don't have a lot of sellers who would agree to let a buyer bring in five different people for different estimates exactly. because now it's not an inspection anymore. Now it's an estimate, but I will say the workaround that I have for that um, is that we've got, you know, during a home inspection. Oh, okay. So electrical, for instance, is a, always a big one. So when the inspector has the, I always take a picture of the panel. I take a picture of the panel cover off when the inspector is inspecting it, taken up close and then if there's if there's electrical issues, my client will I'll have a copy of their report also. I'll screenshot that portion of the report with a better photo, and I'll say, okay, if you want, I can send this to my electrician. He can take a look at it, give you a ballpark. Now this isn't going to be, you know, he's not going in there and starting to rip out stuff. Right. Even if he came to the house and did an estimate, he can only look at what he can see. 
you know, once you get into the walls, that's a whole different ball of wax. But right. I said, at least you can have somebody take a look at this. Is this a $1,500 issue or is this a $10,000 issue? But is there a now, technology if- that's available or that could be developed where you could give a pro- proper estimate without going there? Or does it make sense to have inspectors also licensed contractors or like, is, what is, I, I know from, from my experience with, or in my conversations with inspectors here, they are not allowed to quote estimates for, for repair. They're simply so allowed to say, Hey, you know, we're going to of... recommend you get an, you know, get an estimate from the local licensed plumber, the licensed electrician, the licensed professional for that particular specialty. But so what they about, can't even quote that. What about having a, a contractor do the quote unquote inspection instead of an inspector? Well, you got you would have to be licensed as both here because the inspectors are licensed and required to to do but what that. If now, it's not an only- inspection, like not not an actual like it's during the inspection period. But like in mm-hmm. our states, we're allowed to have anybody come through that we want to review the property. Right. So this mm-hmm. is a person that we choose, and they right. to review the property. And while they're maybe not like, yeah, so can't we do that? Well, the problem with that here would be is if you had a contractor in who wasn't a licensed inspector, they found in it, say you bought in your Uncle Joe, who is a retired electrician. He's no longer a licensed electrician. He's Uncle Joe did electric, uh, you know, electrical work 20 years ago. He came in and looked at the panel and said, yeah, there's a problem. It's going to be about $2,000 to fix it. If that buyer goes back to the seller and asks for a credit of $2,000, that means nothing because it didn't come from a licensed inspector. It came from Uncle Joe. But if so it if you're came from an actual ask, contractor, it could mean right. Something. And there are there are some right there, exactly. There are some you know instead of in lieu of a regular inspection, you could have a plumber, an electrician, a you know a, a general contractor, a structural engineer. You could have whoever you want in there, but you kind of have that one three hour you know, window on a Tuesday afternoon, and good luck getting all those guys in there at that time. You know, it's all this problem. A lot of wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, what if? We like, what if the house, uh, like when you listed your house, there was like an open period where it was open, right? Like an open house and people could come in or whatever. Right. And by the time you wrote the offer, there was not a contingency. Oh, I think that would be freaking awesome. How awesome would that be? It would require sellers to be a little more flexible in terms of letting people into their house. But as a seller, I would much rather, it's almost like a, like a pre-listing inspection, if you think about it, and then taking care of those items. Yeah. I have done a pre-listing inspection on my own house when I sold it. Now I didn't use an inspector, but I have followed around so many inspectors over 18 years that I know exactly what everybody's looking for. And I will tell you, I went through and I changed every outlet in my house. I changed every light switch in my house. I checked everything, every toilet, every fixture, every, everything also use that opportunity to teach my, I think, 10-year-old at the time how to change an outlet. He's like, oh. why are you showing me this? I'm like, because you're going to need it sometime. You're going to need it. Right, right. The only, so yeah. the only thing that was found in that inspection when I did go to sell it was a teeny tiny, almost undetectable gas leak from an old gas line that was capped off when the kitchen was renovated. That That's was it. it. The only so problem I, held I can all that, see- I with... held all that power in the negotiations at right. that point because I know, go ahead, I challenge you to find something in here. Right. 
The only thing I can see what would be wrong with that is let's say you and I are buyers and uh, we have our agents and we're walking through the house and we're like, okay, well, plumbing is a big issue for me. I see there's old trees. I want to have a plumber come look. Mm -hmm. The issue could be like, well, what if one of these people breaks something? You will never know who it is. Also, if you bring in your, like I'm paying, I'm paying to bring in the plumber. Now you're benefiting from the information, but you're not you're not paying. Well, you're not sharing that as a seller. You're not, as a buyer, you're not showing, sharing that information with the but seller. But there's going so to So if be. you bring out a plumber for a sewer scope, which there's some municipalities now that are saying, hey, we're going to require every transaction to do a $500 sewer scope. Now the governmental affairs committee is getting involved and in saying, hey, that's, that's, you're that's stepping not. on, you're stepping way over the bounds here. But so, yeah, I had a buyer that did, wanted to do a sewer scope years ago. We did the sewer scope. If there was any issue that came from a licensed plumber. No, I'm saying at, if we're doing it like open house styles and we're both buyers. Right. right. So okay. now, even though we're not like sharing the results, like there's some stuff that you just know by how it's going by witnessing. Sure. Anyway. Oh my gosh. We got to stop. This is driving me this to drink. Is, I, right. I'm only doing what would you do is with you in the afternoon from now on. If we're not <laughs> really re released in the afternoons, I can't deal with Rachel in the morning. I'm just kidding. It's a lot. It's I'm a lot. lot. I know. It's a lot. Well, every one of these problems. things. I mean, this this started with a a two sentence, you know, or, I'm sorry, one sentence article 13. Don't practice well, law. I and mean, look, look where we spiraled out. It's to. cut and I mean, dry. That shouldn't cut, cut and dry. All right. Well, Rachel. you know, it's 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 just it's, yeah. Everything's nothing is black and white. Nope. Let that be your lesson for today. Nothing is black and white. That is your lesson. I love it. it Rachel, yes. if people have a referral for you in Chicago or they want to connect with you, what's the best way? Best way to reach me is by cell phone at 630-542-8688 or via email at rreal at dealwithreal.com. Awesome. Thanks for being on. Thanks, John. Bye.